both cultures have so many wonderful things to offer. At the same time, if we could eliminate some both ways, and that would be a great society. Line between country, race, and the nationality has become very mixed now. Those were the voices of Manju Sharma and Ching Ching Sarnata. Manju came here for what she thought was going to be a short stay while her husband attended graduate school. Ching Ching was a graduate student herself when she met her future husband. They married and returned to her native Taiwan for ten years before deciding to return to the U.S. In their stories, Ching Ching and Manju reflect on life in both their native countries and in their adopted country. Hi, I'm John Vosey, executive producer of Words in Transit. Words in Transit is a project of New England Public Radio and is being offered in conjunction with the release of a book of the same name, published by the University of Massachusetts Press. Our goal was to bring the national conversation on immigration home to our community here in Western Massachusetts and to present stories of individuals that have settled in the United States from around the world. We spoke with immigrants from Asia. Africa, the Middle East, Europe, and Latin America. Here's Temis Silk, the managing director of Words in Transit, to tell us more about Manju and Ching Ching. Ching Ching Sernada, a retired healthcare educator, was raised in the city of Taipei in Taiwan. She left in the early 1960s, while Taiwan was under martial law and rickshaws were still in use. Like others around her, she and her parents felt it was important to go to America for her graduate degree. She enrolled in Indiana University at Bloomington. The town of Bloomington felt shockingly rural to Ching Ching compared to Taipei, and speaking and understanding English did not come easily. At the end of her first year, Ching Ching married an American man. She continued to have trouble adjusting to America, so the couple returned to Taiwan a few years later. After ten years in Taiwan, though, the couple decided to return to America for her husband's employment and settled there for good. This time in the Amherst area. Ching Ching has remained a city girl at heart, and all these years later, she still finds Amherst a bit quiet. But in other ways, she's changed. Her attitude toward many things, both American and Taiwanese, are different now. I've been in this country for fifty years, and the the change of my attitude toward a lot of things, especially like marriage. When I came. Our parent or my ourselves always、uh, felt you should marry people from your own country, but I think most of our children are married to American or some people from other country, and it seems like、uh, the line between country, race, and the nationality has become very、uh, mixed now. For instance, my daughter. Sometimes we'll say, "Oh, she's half Chinese, half American," but by the time、uh, her children's generation, they won't、uh, <laughs> be claiming they have a Chinese heritage. When I was growing up, Taiwan was under Japanese occupation, so I was born as a Japanese. My first language was Japanese. <laughs> And、uh, after the Second World War, Taiwan was returned to China. Then I became a Chinese. There wasn't any private car, and、uh, the main transportation was rickshaw. 
it was very difficult to get out of Taiwan. The only people can get out is a student come here for graduate study. Just like everybody else, I thought uh, that was the automatic future for graduate. At that time, Taiwan was under martial law, and there's no freedom. I wasn't that anxious to leave. It's more of my parents' wish. Everybody thought we'll be coming to a place like New York City. My port of entry was Seattle. Then I flew to Chicago to stay with uh, my cousin for a few days. And Chicago is a big city. I came from Taipei. That is a very big city. So Chicago, I thought, well, this is America. But I took the Greyhound from Chicago to Bloomington. Along the way, it was so deserted and lonely looking. I started to cry (laughs) on the bus. Sometimes you see one house and uh, for 30 minutes there's nothing. And I wondered where are their neighbor, how they uh, get in touch with friends. When I arrived, that was uh, still in the summertime. And uh, when I first saw the dandelion, I thought, wow, what a beautiful field. Then next day I saw them mowing down the dandelion. I thought, oh, what a waste. I remember I had uh, quite a lot of language difficulty. We studied English in uh, middle school and high school, so I had uh, six, seven years of English, but what I learned in a textbook is sometimes not prepare myself for the daily conversation. And I remember the first instant I felt so puzzled was uh, I bought something on Greyhound Station, and the guy said, buck and half. And I learned one cent is also called penny, or five cents is called nickel, but I never learned but buck. So I was puzzled, what is a buck and a half of what? At this time, point of in my life, my husband is here, my children and the grandchildren are all here. And also, I have lived in U.S. much longer than been in Taiwan. And also, my parents are gone, and my family home is not there anymore. So I don't feel Taiwan is home anymore. But while my parents were still alive, I felt Taiwan is still home. Some of the American, a few of them uh, still have a prejudice against people from other countries. If they cannot understand the foreigner's language, they felt, who can understand you, that kind of attitude, rather than thinking, wow, other people are bilingual, and a lot of Americans only speak English. I like to make Americans realize it's good to take up a second language or third language and uh, also be tolerant of people speak with accent or use wrong expression. You've just heard Ching Ching Sernata. Next, we'll hear from Manju Sharma. In the 1980s, Manju Sharma lived happily as a young married woman in a small town in India in one of the northernmost states in that country. Winters there tend to be bitter cold, but during Manju's childhood, people managed 
for the most part without central heating or automobiles. When Manju's husband was accepted to a postdoctoral research program in Michigan, she was game for the adventure. Unlike her husband, who was instantly connected to fellow students once they arrived, Manju was quite isolated and unhappy. Still, they stayed on once her husband's program ended, moving to Colorado for further training for him, resulting in Manju resigning from her teaching job in India. It was in Colorado that Manju figured out a way to connect with people around her. Several decades later, she feels lucky and grateful. She is still able to visit India often and believes both countries could benefit from adopting certain traditions and values of the other. Initially, I came only for six months. And my husband was postdoctoral research fellow in a Michigan State University at the moment. So I came as a spouse of a postdoc. Leaving India was hard, but at the same time, it was just like I'm going to travel, not to stay. And once we were here, it changes and you change your mind. My husband decided to apply for a green card, and when I asked that, you know, we, um, you're done with your education, and we are heading back, and he said, no, it's, it helps to have some kind of training after doing your PhD, and this is my second chance of getting a training. At the same time, I have to get some visa status which let me stay for it. I liked it right away, being here also, but... As a postdoctoral research fellow's wife, I had very little opportunity for social connections, and that was hard at the moment. So I first year was very hard, and I really wanted to go back, but my husband was looking for a job, so we moved to Fort Collins, Colorado, and that came out much better because it was a new place for both of us, and I volunteered in church groups and women around the world, and that opened up a whole new world for me. It really helped me, not like I'm helping them, but it helped me more, I think, and it energized me to do more in the community. And that's how I was having a connection in the community was most important for me. And I feel equally home in both places now. I'm fortunate enough to do that, but not many people do that. Both places, both cultures have so many wonderful things to offer. At the same time, if you could eliminate some both ways, and that would be a great society. But it's not that easy. It's easier said than done because people are people. They grow up in, with certain values and certain way of living, and that's how the social evils or social status are developed. And I admire the great things both have. Um, I really admire the structure part over here, the social structure, and people keep the data handy for everybody. They share the information so easily. Back home, most of the things, even even the home remedies and everything, nobody wanted to write it down. It's just passed on as a story. I think a lot of information gets lost. India has a lot of problem with the caste system or the weddings, the, the way weddings are done with a lot of expenditure and, and people even have to borrow money. I really love the weddings over here. People decide <laughs> they want to do it a Saturday afternoon, two hours, and that's how much they want to spend. And it's wonderful because people do not undergo debt for it. Not every every common person follows that route and over there because everybody thinks that they have to do a extraordinary affair for the wedding and they had to go out of their way to borrow money and 
the couple is starting a new life and they're starting with a lot of debt or parents are going under debt for that. And this is something we cannot help, but I think seeing both sides, I love the way people do over here. If you want to go under debt, that's fine, but you don't have to, that's great. That was Manju Sharma. Before Manju, we heard from Ching Ching Sarnata. To see photographs of Ching Ching and Manju and to hear all of the Words in Transit interviews, visit our website at nepr.net, where you can also learn about upcoming Words in Transit events. You can also find information about all of NEPR's podcasts at nepr.net or on iTunes. Let us know what you think about Words in Transit. Review us on iTunes or send an email to radio at nepr.net. To see additional photographs and to read transcripts of all of our interviews, see the Words in Transit book, available from the University of Massachusetts Press. Proceeds from the sale of the book benefit the Words in Transit Immigrant Scholarship Fund at Holyoke Community College. Similar to Ching Ching and Manju's stories, several of those we interviewed came to the United States for an education. Fully intending to return home, professional opportunities and romance led many to build new lives in their new country. I came from Buenos Aires, and I came to this country by accident. There were two critical steps towards feeling more at home here. One was the first time that my parents visited. The other moment was when I got hired at Mount Holyoke College as chair of the Spanish department because that was a professional validation. That's next time on Words in Transit. The managing director of Words in Transit is Tema Silk. The producer is Kathleen O'Keefe. And we had help in this podcast from Sara Redigieri. I'm John Vosey. Thank you for listening. Words in Transit is a production of New England Public Radio in collaboration with the Copeland Colloquium at Amherst College.